welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by the TAC. My name is Alex Clements and a big thank you to the TAC for presenting this podcast as part of their Road Belong- The Road Belongs to Us All campaign, a very important message that we all do our bit out on the road to make sure we get to our destinations safely uh, and especially as cyclists, athletes, commuters, however you use your bike, just being aware of your situations and doing everything you can to stay safe out on the road. Our apparel partner, MAP, also have a heap of new kit on their website. If you go to map.cc, you'll be able to see their full range of new arrivals, which includes new colors in the Emblem Pro Hex jersey, which is the jersey that contains recycled materials. And also their Stealth jersey is now now available in fresh new colors. If you need some new kit, make sure you head to map.cc to check out their full range. In today's podcast, we chat with Olympian Luke Plapp before the team's pursuit next week, which he is a member of the Australian squad, but also today announced some very exciting news that he will be joining Ineos Grenadiers as a World Tour cyclist for 2022. Luke really started to get acknowledged for his road potential as well as his track potential this year over the Australian summer when he bagged some good results at TDU and then won the National Time Trial Championship. He's going to one of the biggest teams in the world, so we're very excited for him at the Stanley Street Social and hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast, Luke Plapp. It's great to have you on board from uh, from Tokyo. Welcome. Thanks, Clem. Really good to be here, mate. Uh, it's pretty hot and humid out here, um, but yeah. How bloody, hot bloody is it? Uh, it's like so it's like 31, but the humidity is so high um, that it just feels so much hotter. It's but today is probably the most overcast day, where it's it's a lot cooler than when we arrived um, the last two days. That's for sure. Because that that's yeah, that's been all the rage. It was all the rage, especially heading into the men's race. It's like, how's Pog gonna go with his uh, the only vulnerability that people can seem to find is the heat. Yeah. And even throughout the other events, watching the skateboarding this morning, they were talking about how hot it was out in the track. Uh, does that matter for you guys as much? Um, well, initially it did. So we did a lot of heat prep um, leading into the track because that was obviously the the big thing. But since we've arrived, we've learned that they're most likely going to regulate the velodrome um, to about 28, 29 degrees, which to be honest is probably awesome because the outside conditions is what affects the the pressure and the so the track will still be lightning quick, but it'll just be a bit more comfortable for us to ride in. Because when we're in Brisbane at our holding camp, we were warming up in a tent with which had heaters on to try replicate the track. Um, it'd be a lot nicer to a lot nicer temperature to ride in. And so you're in Tokyo. What what does it feel like for a COVID Olympic debut? Uh, yeah, I think for us it's a bit interesting because with the track team we've gone and hired our our own hotel so we've literally got our own hotel just for us track team um and we had dan and beck mcconnell with us the last few days uh so we don't really get to experience the the village feel just us guys and it almost feels the exact same as any other bike race for us uh we rode up to the mountain bike start today and saw the the subside village for all the cyclists um and that was pretty cool to have a look at it and see the mountain bike take place uh, but for us, yeah, it's quite quiet. We're doing our own thing and just with our own staff. So the hype's not really there, I would say. Do you still get cool stuff? Like it just, just seems like when people go to the Olympics, like you just get cool stuff. All the sponsors are there, heaps of free things, Maccas. 
Sunny's, Oakley's, Phones. Yeah. Have you, have you got that experience still? Yeah, yeah. You've named it all. So as soon as we rocked up just <laughs> to our room and just had this massive, massive ASIC suitcase with Osrin all over it, just shocker block full of everything. Um, brand new Samsung phones, Samsung headphones. Um, at the village, there's like, yeah, like you said, there's Oakley set up. There's, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous how much we get and what they spoil us with. Um, and then just the clothing we get for the Oz team. It's like you get five sets of absolutely everything. Like you get a polo shirt, five sets of polos, five sets of casuals, five sets of muscle tees. Then you get another five set of just a different type of T-shirt. It's it's ridiculous how much they give us. Um, but I guess that's, yeah, it's what the Olympics is about, I guess. It's all part of that experience. So, well, let's talk, let's talk Olympics and then we'll talk about the announcement today. Uh, Olympics wise, first of all, lead, leading into the race, what, what does your actual taper look like? What, what, what happens in the lead up week? Yeah. So we had rehearsals uh, a week ago now in, in Brisbane and that was our last hit out on the track to sort of see where we were at as a team. Uh, going into it and, and trialing the race day warm-up, um, the skin suits, all of that sort of stuff out. Um, since then, we've just done a couple of sessions on the track on the bunch bikes, just ticking it over. I did a road ride today. Um, and apart from that, now it's just one track session a day, just ticking it over, really getting a feel for the Valodrome. It's honestly not a whole lot apart from sitting in your bed um, and watching the games on TV. We, yeah, we really don't do much at all. It's, it's almost the worst part of the whole prep because it's so boring. Yeah. Do you feel good though after that like final final time trial effort, that final preparation tick of it's Olympics time? Yeah, it is. It's like you put the Olympic skin suit on and it's like it gives you another ten percent. Like it's it's ridiculous the feeling that it gives you putting on that Oz suit. Um and, and knowing it's the games. Like we're gonna walk into the Valodrome and you're just gonna see the rings perched on the track bank and, and I think that's when we know it's all real and, and we're there to fight sort of thing. And do you think there's more excitement? I know it's the Olympics. So I know it's like this massive thing that only has every four years, but like you, you think about leading up to a road race, there's always kind of another one. Probably the Tour de France is the one that's really got that devastation factor when people crash out early doors. Uh, but like you've got four years or five years in this case to leading up to this one under four minute effort now. Mm. Yeah. Like there's just, and personally think it's much more boring training as well like you're just going around track day in day out for four years yeah it's a i think for me i'm probably lucky enough that i've only joined these boys in the last two years like talking to sammy he's committed the last five years waiting for the moment of redemption like what he lost he lost in rio to to gb by point seven of a second i think it was and he's he's had to wait five years for that redemption um of going around in circles training every single day so I know he's he's really eager to, to get this done um, and complete that redemption sort of thing. For me, it's I guess it's still a little bit fresh because I've only been doing it for two years. Um, but yeah, like you said, like I think this is why we train and race, and it's as as boring as the taper is. It's it's nice because you know you're here for a reason. And and to be honest, we haven't had that feeling of a taper or a race for so long now that that we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, like you've oh, you've almost timed it perfectly. There was something was talking to the Lumen Sports guys the other day about that four-year bracket now. It's mm. it's it's a long time, especially for a junior guy like yourself or Wellsford trying to eventually end up in the in the road ranks for uh, I guess career longevity and also cash. Mm. Uh, you've you've almost timed it perfectly with a, with a two-year run into the Olympics. 
if you can tick that box because guys guys are just going so well so early uh we saw pidcock 21 just picks up an olympic medal uh the pogs winning the tour de france at 22 like it's all happening and your timing is almost perfect from a olympic perspective and also from a career perspective so a massive congratulations first of all for signing for Ineos. like it's a dream come true yeah Look, I think it's it's the team I've always dreamed about going to. Um, and I think if I was to ever get asked where I wanted to go, that's where I'd want to go. Um, so it's pretty exciting to announce that, yeah, I'm going to be a Grenadier in a couple of days. Mm, that is unreal. Mm-hmm. That is unreal. What um, what led to that decision? Like, what talk, Run me through the process of, was it the results over the summer that got you the recognition? Was it a bit before that? Like, when, when did things start to come together? Uh, I think for me, it was all about, I've always wanted to go road after this Olympic cycle. Um, so that was always the goal. We're always putting the feelers out there. Um, and we had a few bites from, from teams before that. Um, but as soon as the, the summer of cycling happened and we got those results, it was, it was all in and all became a real prospect. Um, and from then it was weighing up the pros and cons of pretty much most teams, uh, and then working out what suited me best, uh, but to be honest, it was a no-brainer. Uh, I've always wanted to be mm. a Grenadier, and I think if you look at what they can offer, there was no other team that can match match what they have in terms of equipment. Um, and as well for me, as a track rider and going through the Olympic program, um, they've had so much success with riders so similar to me um, and transferring them from a, a team's pursuit gold medalist to, to Grand Tour winners, like we've seen it with with G, with Wigo. Um, so I think that's that's where I want to be. And that's, yeah, to, to make it happen. It's, yeah, it's exciting just talking about it and thinking about, yeah, the next few weeks. Have you, have you, be, have you thought about post like Olympics? Cause obviously you've got this mass, you've got this massive thing coming up and then you've just put this even bigger thing on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to think about it to be honest. Like I've been setting up my place um, in Andorra and Girona for the last few few weeks and months now uh, and i think that's what makes me so excited as well like moving my whole life to europe and becoming a pro and living that european lifestyle um but yes three days after the games finish for us i'm heading straight over to lavanier so i'll give oh, nice. give that a crack um see what track form does for lavanier uh there's a few few big hilltop finishes which i will grovel up in hoop group uh <laughs> but yeah looking forward to getting the road season underway i think was it was it hard to keep focus like we've got this big Olympic prep, but then you've just got this other thing just hovering in the background. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't hard to keep fighting. Yeah. excited to looking forward to what happened. I think it was a blessing in disguise that the Aussie summer was so early on um, that it allowed me to get that excitement and hype out of the way early. Um, and the last few months I've, I've had it all set up so I could have, I can go full gas for the games, uh, but it's always in the back of the head. So I guess it's, it's my, the rest of my career. It's the next 10 to 15 odd years. Um, so I'm really excited for that to get underway. Mm. And will you st- like we stay over there? Because obviously going there at the moment to going there at the moment is a big call. Mm. Not yeah. a whole lot of access back to this island nation that we live on. No, there isn't. There isn't a whole lot of access back there. Um, so I will, yeah, I'll fly straight to Barcelona the day after the games finish. Uh, spend a couple of days in Girona before going to Lavenir, um, and then from Lavenir. Back to Drona and just train there for a few weeks up for Road Worlds in Belgium. Um, then I will have two weeks before Track Worlds. So I'll give Track Worlds another crack 
see what we can make happen there. Um, and, and then I'll fly to drone and then work out whether I come back or not. I'd love to be able to come back for Christmas and the Aussie summer. Um, hmm. The two weeks quarantine isn't there. I'll hundred percent fly back if that's still a thing and it's a struggle to get back to Oz. I'll have to work it out and see what, see what I do do. But yeah, the aim's to get back to Oz and be there for Christmas with the family because I haven't seen them for so long now. We've been in our own bubble here in uh, Brisbane and Tokyo, so I haven't seen them for ages. So yeah, hopefully I can get back for the end of the year. Yeah, you guys all vaccinated? Yeah, yeah, we are. We got that done pretty early, which is nice. Helpful get yeah. around. Yeah, because like otherwise, if if you weren't, it'd be such a scared kind of piece of your mind that's thinking like oh. Because if you get COVID right, you're out. Like you can't. Yeah. That's it. It's like pretty much, well, the worst part about being in a TP is if one of us get it, we all get it because we're close contacts. And like the the Olympic rules now, if you're a close contact, you're you're done too. Um, even it's all if it's negative, you're like, no, nah, you're out. You're a close contact. Um, so yeah, it is pretty scary. But I think, I guess it's nice that we're in our own hotel here and we sort of do eliminate, um, I guess, a few of the risks. How... How many tests are you getting a day? One test a day, every day, um, and then temperature checks uh, every building we enter. Yeah. And is it like top-notch, the level of hygiene and safety that's around it? Yeah, yeah. Or are you just taking that into your own hands with the owner hotel? It's a very, very Ineos-esque of you. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess that's what happens when you've got um, a few staff members and and people from previous team sky that now work for ca in the track program i think that's probably where it's all come from yeah yeah so we haven't hit the first event yet but this olympics is a little bit different you go day one day um in between each session yeah. instead of the normal um morning session evening session and like that that normally proved the opportunity for the team to change or you had you had a fresh guy come in you guys like, will people still do that or is it a, you just do all three now? Well, that's, a, you don't have to like one ride a day. You do, what, you're, you're doing a 20 minute warm up and then riding for three minutes and 40 seconds. It's not like you're going to pull up that sore the next day, is it? Uh, yeah. So I think whatever happens at Qual, if you ride a pretty quick time, it'd be hard to not, not ride the same team again. Um, mm. So yeah, I think if you had a shocker, you can replace the team or I think for us, we're quite lucky that we're all quite, close to each other and we're all in really good form so i don't think it's going to hinder hinder our team and time too much but yeah for the other countries if you ride a good time in qual i don't reckon you'd swap out the team it'd just be too risky like you know what you're going to get in qual so you may as well just keep doing that for the for the next two rounds do you guys know the initial team yet for the first round no we don't we haven't been on the track here yet so once we do that we'll sort of see how everyone pulls up from the taper um and then decide that a bit closer how do they decide that? Like, what's the what are the metrics? I'd love to be inside. Or is that Timmy. is that secret? Yeah, that's Timmy's head. I, no one knows what goes on in his head. He's thinking twenty four seven. Isn't that crazy though that you guys like going back to the training for so long thing, mm. and it, we're four days out and you don't even know what's what who's riding. Yeah. You don't even know what day you're going to be on the track or if you're going to be on the track at all. Yeah. Right potentially won't even be on the track um and race one race uh but yeah yeah we don't know and i guess i, I think it's it's always been like that for world championships and world cups so i guess we're sort of used to how that runs um the bunch of events are set in stone that's already decided uh but yeah tp is sort of a, a more of a last minute decision 
And also, you got no idea what your competitors are doing, unlike lead up to the Tour de France. Well, we didn't actually know that much lead up to Tour de France. The two Slovenians were going off doing their own thing. But normally, lead up to the Tour de France, you've got a pretty good indicator of where, where who is at, yeah, yeah. where teams are looking, what's going on. You guys got any idea like what times other people are doing? Not, a, not since Berlin 18 months ago. Not an absolute clue. That first round no, qualifying is just going to be... Like you're gonna be warming up, but one eye is gonna be on the track and the clock, just seeing where everyone's at. Like, it's an absolute total guess where people have gone in the last 18 months. Um, and look, I think potentially you could beat every team mentally in that qualifier if you came out and have a blinder, and you're two seconds up on everyone. You could just won the Olympics in there. Like mentally, it's gonna play such a massive part if you can get that edge. Um, so yeah, I think it it adds an extra dynamic into the race. How? How do you guys gauge that first ride? Like, how fast do you go? Uh, well, for us, it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, it's the first time we almost haven't gone off last in an event because uh, we didn't have too good a worlds. Um, our ranking isn't high at all with points or seedings. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be off quite early. So we're going to have to pretty much hit it full gas because if you don't qualify top four, you can't, can't fight for gold. Um, so we're going to go out there and we're going to have to put our best time forward. Exactly. Yeah, you just have to go out high. Yeah. No other options. No, whether like the Danes who will be off last there, I guess they'll be able to keep something in, in the back. If it's if they know they can go quicker, all they have to do is, is match the time and they'll be there. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can go out there and set a pretty blistering pace that that knocks over everyone. Like we'd be going under world record time. I Yeah, I would. Assume- it seems like world records don't really matter anymore. Everyone just drops like a couple of seconds off each meet that we yeah. rock up at well that's that's the way it's going at the moment isn't it um i think the conditions of tokyo would suggest that the world record is going to get obliterated like absolutely smashed i think smashed smashed like we're talking what two years 40s two years ago now the first team went under 50 the aussies at com games i uh i wouldn't be surprised if we're here what two and a half years later and the first team goes under 40 yeah like we're talking 10 seconds in in two and a half years it's pretty ridiculous yeah 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 what it, like does it feel unbelievable when you've got this massive chain ring on you got your double discs in you're in like you and three of your bros just like lining it out at 70 clicks like does it feel unbelievable yeah it's like you know you're on a good one as soon as you're out there or vice versa you know you're on a shit one um but it's it's pretty cr- how do you know you can just well you feel it in the cadence and the and the gears like you either know if you're floating on the gear um or you're grinding it out because we aim for the same cadence um for every single race and that's how we judge what gear we ride um so that's how we work out how fast we're going to go and it's like because it's the same cadence for every race if you're on top of it you know you're going fast because that's the schedule you're meant to be riding um but if you're fighting the cadence and it's sort of against you a bit yeah, you're in a bit of strife. That's where you're sort of you're starting to go backwards a bit. Yeah. yeah. And are you, are you guys debuting new tech? Like, is there new things that you haven't uh, really used much before? Like those yeah. easier seconds? Yeah, yeah. We found a couple a couple new techs. Like, definitely got the new skin suit. Um, new helmet. Isn't it crazy how much difference a skin suit makes? Oh, I've, I've learned in the last two years, aero test and everything, how ridiculous it is. Um, and how much tech suit. goes into it. Like, so much tech goes into the bike, but to be honest, there's not much to gain there. Like the skin suit is everything. 
and how low you can get your head to the ground. Yeah, exactly. How how low you can get and how weird a helmet you want to wear, whether you want to wear a, a big spaceship cock or <laughs> a new cask. <laughs> you think, uh, there, is there some traits that you'll take from here to the road? Yeah, for sure. I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned about the track and I think almost the secret weapon that you can take to the road. It's it's how much testing and how, how much we focus on the little things here at the track because point one can win or lose the race, whether on the road, point one, like point one over 4K can be four or five seconds on the road um, in a time trial. So I think for me, definitely the tech that we're using here is going to help for my time trials uh, coming up. And I guess we can share that with, with the whole team as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's going to be sick. <laughs> I'm going to Ineos. Yeah. When, when, when did this, um, I don't know, the realization, it's like, oh, I could actually go pro start to become a reality uh tdu was when it was like all right this is this is actually going to happen now it's like the dream what were you turn- what were you thinking before tdu uh i knew i was going well but i just but do you think you could be a pro i thought it was going to take a couple of years in 23s first like go through the dev pathway um and and then hopefully get some results in europe and step up through that way that was definitely the and I guess that's the normal pathway that so many of us Aussies go through as well. I think that's where I was. My head was at straight after the games. Hopefully, join a dev team, do a year and a half there, and then make the step up. Because, like, when did you join Inform? What, two years ago. Two years ago now. Yeah, this is my third season. Third season. And before that, you were hacking around in Victoria. Yeah, just cricket, footy, bit of bikes, not much else. So, what happened when you? after you obviously signed that first contract with Ineos, which is Ineos, um, with Inform, which is a nice nice step forward. But it's still a long way from Ineos. Mm, it is. It is what, what, what clicked? Um, oh, I, I think it was the track program, to be honest. They, I got to move over to Adelaide, and that's when I became a full-time bike rider. I get paid a little salary on the track, um, and I would have commit to it 100%, and that's sort of when it came in leaps and bounds. Mm. Yeah. So do you think do you think that's still the pathway? Do you think that's still the if you were if you were talking to the the up and comers at the Brunswick Cycling Club and they want they want to be a pro rider, where, where do they go? What's the best thing to do? If you're Australian and you're not going through the track pathway, it's going to be hard to make it any other way. I think what the track gives you um, is something that not really any other dev team or NRS team can like inform at the moment with this Trinity gig that we've set up is is unbelievable and it's it's been the missing link for for so long you know since the um the ais team in europe got taken down yeah you were a part of that famous team um yeah. so now that inform's got a feeder team that's that's an unreal pathway for the roadies um but i just think what you can gain from the track is is worth it so much and like i'm only 68 kilos like you don't you don't need to be too heavy on the track um like there's still so many road opportunities there uh, and, and I think you get to travel, you get to go to do Europe blocks in Belgium as part of the track team. And that's sort of that European exposure that you need on the road as well. I just, I, I just think it's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter note, why, why do you guys all dye your hair blonde? Notice that uh, happened this week. Look, it, it stemmed from junior worlds. Um, 
Do you think it looks good or? No, it's, you got to bring the boys together and make them as one. Like we did it. And when we walked into the dinner hall, everyone's face just lit up. They were all happier. Gave everyone a smile on their face. Um, and look, there's a bit of backstory. 2004 Olympics, a couple of the boys in the TP had blonde tips. McGee was one of them. Um, and that was the last time the Aussies won. So we're going, we're going the full journey with all the blonde this time. And, and hopefully it works the same for us. Do you have any other superstitions? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't. No. Just get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Just get on the track. Is it so like routine now that you just lock in? Like you just you go to the track, you know, everything that you need to do. You warm up, you prep, the things you need to tick off. It's just yeah. like clockwork. Yeah. Exact same every single time. Um, and I've even brought that to the road with my TTs. Like what I do for the team special, it's exact same as what I do for the TTs now. Like it's exact same every time. Time you get there, when you eat, pre-race meal, warm-ups are identical. Um, yeah, it's it's just clockwork. Even as much as the taper um, and the specific prep, like heat prep we do before every race. Um, like I take that to the road now as well. That's all the same. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice thing to have. It's a very mature thing to have, Luke. Mm. Well, it's it's nice when you've got a few few good sports scientists around to help with that as well and, and what what they know gets the best performance out. I think your maturity's come a long way since the last couple of years in the track program because that's the other thing you get experienced to, older guys. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think like moving away from, from home uh, at 17, I sort of was forced to grow up pretty quick. Uh, it's always nice to go back home. But, yeah, I really think that's something that was able to fast-track me in a way through that period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. Let's hope you guys can um, bag a medal next week. It's there is it's it's pretty cool. Like, there is so much unknown about what's going to happen. And then next steps on is even more exciting. Is. So, congratulations on uh, on a huge first pro contract. Uh, and hopefully a gold medal next week. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Clay. Appreciate it, mate. Good to chat.